Well, this morning, I am so excited to talk with you about one of these important decisions that you make a thousand times a day. Today, we're talking about a small activity that most of us do constantly. Sometimes we do it without thinking. We're talking about a small step that you make, small turns on a rudder that have massive consequences for where you end up. We're going to talk about something we don't think enough about. Today, we're talking about talking. The topic is wisdom and words. Here's the fact. Most people don't realize how influential the words that they speak are. The fact is there's nothing small about talk. Words can bring life, and they can bring death. And if wisely spoken, the words that you speak have the power to make your life and the lives of other people around you far better, or you can risk making things far worse. Now, we've been looking at the skill of decision-making through the uh, book of Proverbs, and so far as we've studied this ancient book of wisdom, uh, so far I've tried to make two points. The first point that I've made is that this is really important because all of us constantly make decisions. And some people are good at making decisions, some people are bad at making decisions, and wisdom Getting better at making decisions is one of those skills worth getting better at. That's the first point we made. The second point we made last week is how wisdom is both a skill set and it's a relationship. And this gets lost a little bit when you start getting into the topics we bring up. But the fact is, in the book of Proverbs, in the Bible, wisdom is always linked to faith and worship. In Proverbs, Wisdom comes from a relationship with God and for all of the advice and counsel and instruction and topics you get in Proverbs, it always connected to the gospel that God has done so much. He's done so much for us. He's big and grand. He's kind. He made all of this. He sees more than we do about navigating the world. And with all of that in the backdrop, we follow him. And wisdom is following the Lord, not because it saves us or make God's, God loves us, but because we're both grateful for what God's done and we realize that God is a little bit wiser than us, <laughs> understatement of the year. So with all that being said, we're, today we're looking at a massive topic in Proverbs. It's speech, how you talk, when you talk, what you say, in fact, who you listen to. The fact is that the words around you matter. And this is obviously a 3,000-year-old book here. This is not contemporary, but you'll find it incredibly relevant. And I'll just point out that today we have so many new ways to talk. Maybe we're able to do this more than ever before. And I'm going to put a lot of scripture up on the screen, and I want you to think about not just the conversation you have with people in person, but think about the phone calls you have, think about your social media consumptions, the things that you like, what you consume and share, and, and how you say and react, like it all matters for you and the people around you. And Proverbs has so much to say about this. You could, it'd be a good exercise, read through the whole book and just circle or highlight everything the book says about words, and you could do the effort of putting it in the categories and you would learn so much. I didn't do that. Um, 
Someone else did that, and I just want you to know I'm piggybacking on the work of Tremper Longman, who did this a bunch more times than I did, and I'm just uh, also going to throw, up up fr- throw out up front. We're going to talk about a lot of verses. You have a lot of them in your bulletin. I'm not, I'm not going to be able to talk about all the ones in your handout, but uh, hang on tight <laughs> is what I'm saying. Now, let's just start off with the obvious. Most of you have probably heard this adage. Finish it for me. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words, you know that's not true, right? You know that because you've been hurt by words. According to Proverbs, words can hurt you. Words count. In Proverbs, words bring life or they bring death, but words are not meaningless. In Proverbs, in fact, words are critical to the wise person. In Proverbs, someone who is good at making decisions is someone who decides to use their words to bring life. And Proverbs starts off, maybe in a weird spot, it starts off by making the point that what you say is connected to what's in your heart. This is sophisticated, but here's the point. Your words are more than your education level. What you say isn't about your level of ignorance or lack of knowledge. Your words, according to proverb, is language to your heart. That's why words are so important. Proverbs 12, 23, for example, says, the wise don't make a show of their knowledge, but look what says next. The hearts of fools broadcast their foolishness. Now, I would have said the mouths of fools, but it's a different point. The fact is your language, what you say, reflects not not just your head, but your heart. And the big point of Proverbs is if you want to have wise words, start here. (laughs) Like get a clean, healthy, balanced heart, and then whatever you say next will be balanced and healthy. We don't think about that as a culture. When we find someone who speaks foolishly, we all assume people need education not heart change. I'll use this illustration. I spend a lot of time doing youth ministry. I work with junior high kids, senior high kids, and one of the weird topics that people would talk about, parents would say, can you teach our kids not to use bad language? Basically, you know, someone said my kid dropped the F-bomb, teach him to be polite, and oh, sure, okay. Um, and and I, I would do that, right? I, I want parents to be happy with me, I guess, but, and I want kids to be polite, so we'd have this conversation a bunch of times. Look, man, I know that using those words gets attention, but it's not right. Let me give you some different words to use that say the same thing. Um, And I learned something. People are so funny. Like as soon as you tell someone this is a bad word, don't say this phrase. This is hate speech or profanity. You know what we do as humans? We're so creative. Like it's not like all of a sudden, oh, I'm going to stop hating the other person. I'm going to be less angry. No, no, no. People are so creative. We're creative enough to take all the dysfunction in our heart, the disdain, the dysfunction, all of the energy that we may express in bad language, and instead of fixing hearts, our society just invents more polite ways of saying the same thing. It doesn't really help. Our hatred, our pride, our judgment still comes out in a different way. And it doesn't really matter like if you're the victim of this, if you're getting hated on in a, like, clear words versus a facial expression. Like, it doesn't really matter. Hatred 
foolishness, pride has a million dialects. And the way to fix it is by fixing the heart. Like we've got a very limited set of tools to fix this as a society. We can have policies, what words you could say in church, what sorts of things you could post online, but it doesn't really change your heart. So we legislate hate speech, but we can't change hearts, and we just get people with messed up hearts being more articulate about the brokenness inside. The Bible says that the health of your heart is more important than the language that it uses. So if you want to be wise, get your heart right. And it starts with a relationship with a God who is big enough to change hearts. This is one of the massive points in Proverbs. Don't just learn to parrot politeness. Learn wisdom. Change your heart and speak out of love and of health and trust. So Proverbs 16 says, from the wise mind or heart comes wise speech. Or Proverbs 10 The words of the godly are like sterling silver. They're they're valuable. But the heart, like you'd expect the next line to say the words of the fool. It doesn't say that. It says the heart of the fool is worthless. It doesn't contribute anything. The point of Proverbs is that wisdom starts with the heart, which is culturally revolutionary. We all think that the opposite of foolishness is education. And I, I love education. Most of you probably need to read more books and watch less TV. We can be honest about that. But education is no cure for a broken heart. And when you do that, you just end up with foolish people who are able to use bigger words and more complicated arguments to express foolishness. That's what Proverbs says. Foolish uh, people may, I'll say it, smooth words may hide a wicked heart like a pretty glaze covers a clay pot. Like, you need to know this. There are people who speak smoothly, who look good, and they're just using smooth words to cover up a mess. Like, sometimes a lack of kindness is expressed in such nice words. Or again, um, Proverbs 26, uh, people may cover their hatred with pleasant words. Across out the May, like you've all seen this, right? You've seen people who've learned to cover hatred and judgment and pride with pleasant words, but they're deceiving you. This is, this is Proverbs. They pretend to be kind, but don't believe them. Their hearts are full of many evils, while their hatred may be concealed by trickery. The wrongdoing may finally come to light for all to see. This isn't everybody, but it's people. And I don't need to tell you this because you've all seen it. That's why we're all so cynical, right? Because we have all seen the good speeches, the flashy commercials. We've talked to the salesperson. We've heard the excuses. And you've all learned that sometimes the most smooth words cover up the biggest scandals, like paint on dirt. Here's the thing about wisdom. It's not a set of words to use. It's not a brand to parrot. Wisdom isn't the ability to say things a certain way. Lots of people with bad hearts can sound good. The point of Proverbs isn't to become more cynical. Like We're already cynical enough. 
The point of Proverbs is to figure out what's wrong, and what's wrong is hearts. So that you as a human being prioritize is not learning how to put a better face on, but to get a better heart that repents in front of God, that, that pursues holiness and justice. And the language of wisdom authentically flows out of that. That's a big point in Proverbs. This is how you get wise. Uh, speak out of that. In Proverbs, you cannot possibly get enough glaze to cover what's real. So be real and speak out of that. And it starts in a really simple spot. If you're not sure how to do it, start with telling the truth. An honest witness tells the truth. A false witness tells lies. Sometimes the easiest thing is really obvious. And people back then had the same excuse we all have today. Look, let's be honest. There's so many excuses to fudge the truth a little bit. Sometimes lies get you out of trouble now, but Proverbs points out what a lot of us learn out the hard way. Truthful words stand the test of time, but lies are soon exposed. It's like they say, when you tell the truth, you don't have to have a good memory, right? Because uh, we talked about that for a while. I'll keep going. Proverbs makes the point that telling the truth, sometimes it means you have to wait. This is hard. This is where it gets more complicated. Proverbs 18, spouting off before listening to the facts is both shameful and foolish. In other words, sometimes telling the truth means saying, I don't know. I think a lot of us, let's be honest here, we would be better off if we stopped and thought before speaking. I know hot takes are popular, but sometimes they're not good. We say stuff and we have firm opinions, but we don't know all the facts, and then we wonder why people don't trust us because we haven't really thought it through. So Proverbs says, the first person to speak in court sounds right, but then comes cross-examination. Like, think about how countercultural it is to say, I'm not sure, <laughs> right? We're just, you know, deception, lies, and spin. It's so soaked into our culture, we don't even think about it. We're way better at lying than being authentic. And we, we, we don't call it lying. We call it spinning things. We call it giving perspective. We, we say we didn't know. Uh, we call it giving perspective. But wisdom calls us to a far higher bar, something that's real and raw, and sometimes it takes humility. According to Proverbs, we would all be better off if you would pledge to speak the truth accurately only what you're pretty sure about. Can, can you even imagine like, living in a world where you just told the truth instead of worrying too much about the other person's reaction or about perspective? And I know we read this already, but I love what our catechism says. I mean, think about this. Think about what it would look like if you really live this out. I will not give false witness means I will never give false witness against anyone. That's a low bar, right? I'm not going to lie. And if you ask most people what it means to keep the ninth commandment, you'd say, I'm not going to give false testimony. But the Bible calls us to a way higher bar. Think, think about this. It means I will twist no one's words. I think about how easy that is to go, this person said this, but like change it a little bit. It means I will not gossip. I will not slander. 
Think about how much we do that. I, I will, this is a hard one. I will not join in condemning anyone rashly without a hearing, right? In other words, like, if I'm going to condemn somebody, I got to sit and listen to both sides and get all the facts. Imagine a world where someone said, what do you think about this? And you said, I got to look at the evidence. What would we even talk about, <laughs> right? We'd turn on the TV and it'd just be blank. <laughs> Rather, in court and Everywhere else, I will avoid lying, so that's the low one, and deceit of every kind. And then it says, these are the very devices the devil uses, and they would call down on me God's intense wrath. Like that, that's, that's what we've believed for like 500 years. And I hate to say it, but let's just be honest here. I think too many of us too often naturally use the devices of the devil because it's so natural in our cultural. We use Satan tools, to use the catechism's language. Twisting words, gossip, slander, joining in condemning without a hearing. Think about the thousands of ways that we all do that really without thinking. Proverbs warns us against every one of those categories and I, I'm not, I am running out of time. I'm not going to talk about all that. Look at it in the handout. You'll find a lot about mocking people who use entertainment to take shortcuts where you're just trying to be funny, but you're destructive. Uh, Proverbs talks a lot about how we express our own pride by ripping on people and how that whole genre of speech messes up our society instead of building it up. Proverbs talks about lying. You'll see the verses and arguments, how much God hates the fact that we just, we prefer to argue and complain instead of, I don't know, building things up is hard. And Proverbs talks about insults and slander and gossips and rumors and flattery and bragging. Read it in your handout, the wisdom of knowing when to speak, when not to speak, and I could talk about all the devices of the devil that you find in Proverbs, but what I really want you to know is that it's complicated. For time's sake, I'm just, you know, let me do this. I'm going to sign, if you got a handout in the bulletin, read it and look at, think about all those things because really I am convinced that we would be better off for the time we put toward thinking about our speech. I can't overemphasize how Proverbs says this. How you talk, when you talk, what you say is incredibly important. If you're in person or on the phone to people you know or don't know, if you're on video or online, whatever, Proverbs says your words are so, so important. In Proverbs, and I, I say to the shame of Christians, because I don't know that studies would show this, but in Proverbs, there's a difference between people of faith and people of no faith. In Proverbs, people who follow the Lord, their words are different. Their words give life instead of death. Proverbs 10, the words of the wise are a life-giving fountain. <laughs> Think about that. The words of the wicked conceal violent intention. Like wise people give life by what they say. According to Proverbs, the words of the wise in contrast to people with no faith, they're often 
powerful. Sometimes you see verses that indicate they're few, they're thought through, and they're, they're kind. So gentle words are a tree of life, you'll see in your handout. Or Proverbs 16, kind words, kind words are like honey, sweet to the soul and healthy to the body. I also have to say that wise people in the book of Proverbs, they know how to be firm. It's not just about speaking sort of fluffy and avoiding things. Wise people also listen to get behavior. So you have something like Proverbs 27, verse 5, an open rebuke is better than hidden love. Like lots of verses about how really, if you realize that your words are powerful, it's a lot of responsibility. Do I push hard? Do I encourage? Do I give hard truth? Uh, how do I use my words? And, you know, I'll be honest, this is an overwhelming amount of information. And to be honest, not only can I not talk about each topic, but Proverbs doesn't answer every situation that you find yourself in. in. Remember I said a couple weeks ago, Proverbs is a rule book. It's not a playbook. It's not going to give you every strategy for the relational issues that you're in. Uh, the, but it's not going to give you the answer. The, the Bible doesn't always serve as an answer key for every question you have in life. What it does is it points you in good directions. So I'm very unsure about what you should do with each of your personal encounters. You, you live in complicated worlds. But here's what I am 100% sure about. Your words matter. It's worth the time you put in reflecting on, thinking on, and your words, maybe really importantly, reflect a heart of worship that's devoted to God's glory and holiness, or sometimes your words can use the devices that the devil uses. This is not my opinion. This is uh, the words of Proverbs 18.21. The tongue can bring death or life. That's a big deal. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. Like, let that sink in. The words that you speak, the Bible says there's nothing small about it. Your words can bring life or death. That is the big point I want to get across today. Your words matter. And people who are close to the Lord, mature Christians, we work to use wise words at the right time to bring life. People who love their own words more than people, they become part of the problem. This metaphor of James 3, your words are like a tiny spark that can set a whole forest on fire. James says, what did you say? It's like a, like a rudder that can move a giant ship, or it's like a tiny bit that controls a strong horse. Folks, your words matter, and the most firm guardrail of wisdom is a highway of your speech. And in Proverbs, it is a heart that is close to the Lord. When you, when you get secure enough not to lash out through insecurity, not rocked by events, a heart that is learning and loving, the fruit of faith is wise speech. And guys, you have a lot of responsibility here, right? Like, and you have it all. You have the power to, by your words, bring life to people or 
death to people. That's what it says, right? So don't waste your words. And my, my hope, my prayer today, that our church, as we deal with all the complexity in all of our relationships, what to speak, when to speak, my prayer is that God would use you. And I've got to sit back for a minute. I am just so, I'm not the best at this. Let me tell you, I'm a pastor. I study God's word. I present God's word. Uh, I love talking to people. Um, you can find me before or after church, and I, I just, you know, my phone's always on. Um, and I, I know in the back of my head what, what I just said, that I have the ability to give words of, of life or death, that I, I can give encouragement or exhortation, that I, like anyone else, um, have the ability to make people better or worse. And you guys don't know how smart I am. I have multiple master's degrees. I, have, I, have, I know a lot about theology, and I read a lot of books, and I pray a lot. I read the Bible. You can start a conversation with me, and I am most likely to talk with you about the Philadelphia Eagles. And I've got a lot to talk about. I'm, I'm not incredibly proud of it, though, um, because I think I should probably do better. And I, I want to work on that to use the words that I say to point people to something bigger and, and more important than just all the little stuff that's easy to bring up. And I don't think I'm the only one I think all of us can do this, to choose to use our words to bring life, to build people up, to make them better. And I need to work on this, and I think we all do. Can you join me in this? How do we figure out how to use our words, even our small talk, our greetings, how can God use that to do big things? This is a very simple vision, but it's from the Lord, that God gives us wisdom and that God uses us to be a blessing to the people around us. And that together, God uses all of us as we speak to do nothing short of changing the world for the better. So Father in heaven, I pray that you would give us all that we need. Give us hearts that are holy, that think about how good you are to us, overwhelmed with gratitude in a way that would overflow into how we talk. May we not settle for small talk, but for big words that have a big impact on the lives of people around us, that point to your glory and kindness. May people leave conversations with each of us thinking more about your faithfulness and your kindness and your mission for us. Father, change our hearts May we worship you first, and may we speak out of that to all those around us. I ask in the name of our Lord Jesus, the word of God, amen.